You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. You can turn with me this afternoon to Daniel chapter 1. We'll be reading the entire passage, Daniel chapter 1. Begin here with the reading of God's word. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for ten days. At the end of the ten days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. At the end of the time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Let us pray. God, this is your holy word. Give us ears to hear. Give us a mind to understand. Give us the ability to carry out and to obey your word, even as we find ourselves here, as Daniel was in exile. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What is the first place that comes to mind when you think about home? When you think about home, how does it feel? 
who's there? What, is it, what does it smell like? I know my, my home, my place. It's with my grandparents on the farm back in South Dakota. It's Christmas afternoon. It smells like an evergreen tree, like wood burning in the fireplace, like a turkey in the oven, and like spritz cookies on the cooling rack. All of us want this place of home, this place that is safe and secure. Eden was home. Israel was home. And even God had a home in the temple. Well, Daniel opens in the year 605 B.C. with Judah's home ransacked, with youth torn from their families and from their homes. The policy we see here is the same as the government and churches would later undergo with Native Americans, destroy their culture and replace it with what was seen to be a superior one. Give them new names, give them a new diet, destroy their memory of home and of family. Why did this happen to Daniel's, to David's original and Daniel's tribe of Judah? Well, Scripture gives us a multi-layered and complex answer. They lost their home because Babylon was stronger than Jerusalem. They lost their home because Judah had sinned against the Lord. They lost their home because the Lord ordained it. This is why these four men lost their home and why they were devastated. But Daniel gives us a surprising twist. Because home is less of a place than an attitude. Home is where your heart is. Home is where your heart is. Home can even be in the presence of your enemies when your heart belongs to God. Daniel and his friends turned Babylon into home. Because no matter where they lived, their hearts belonged to God. Let's look closely again at Daniel 1. You can see that Jerusalem ceased to be home because Judah's hearts had turned from God. See this consistently in the text. From God to idols. But notably, it's not all of Judah. Look at verse 4. You can see in verse 4, your use without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, there is a remnant even in unfaithful Judah. Look at verse 8 with me as well again. You can also see that there are young people who are godly and brave. Now when we think about the Jewish purity laws related to food, related to diet, they don't really seem to make much sense to us. But they were intended to help Israel to understand that they were set apart for God, from the world. Set apart from God for the world. It's easier for us to say it's just food, but it wasn't just food. It was about obedience to God. Our culture, by contrast to the one that we see in Scripture, lacks a sense of the sacred. There can't be any reason for something that we can't understand. 
but what an impoverished world we live in by comparison. There's a reason why when Jesus would come, he told us that the kingdom of God belongs to children because it's the children who are curious, the ones whose imaginations run wild, the ones who trust. They don't think they know everything. They delight to learn. Well, Daniel and his friends, they have the heart of a child. They trust that God will provide. He asks the eunuch for permission, but look who's in charge there in verse 9. God alone is in charge. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. The eunuch fears the king, but God is in charge. In verse 13, we can see here that Daniel Daniel acts as though he's playing with house money. It's like he knows the final score of the game before it's even played. You try your diet, we'll try ours. See how it goes. But the tone of Daniel, I think here, is less defiant than it is simply confident. I might even go so far as to describe Daniel here as demonstrating a a non-anxious presence. Because again, home is where your heart is. Home is where your heart is. He's not phased because his heart belongs to God. He's not anxious because Babylon is just a temporary home. He will serve here in Babylon with distinction. But his heart belongs to God, who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord of Babylon and the Lord of Jerusalem. The challenge for us is that many Christians today suffer from various forms and levels of anxiety because we feel like we've lost our home. Maybe we, our home has not been taken away from us, haven't lost our houses, our land, our churches. We often don't feel like this nation or state or city feels like home any longer. And when we become anxious and afraid about this, we often become angry. And nobody wants an angry neighbor. But Daniel, look at him. He is a great neighbor. Look at him in verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. We can see here, That God is going to bless even Babylon, bless even King Nebuchadnezzar through Daniel, through his friends. Friends, this is because Daniel knew where he was living. He lived in Babylon. Where do we live? Birmingham, Alabama is Babylon. The state of Alabama is Babylon. America is Babylon. In fact, three times in the New Testament, we see that exile, just as it was for Daniel, exile is our status as believers in Christ until he returns or calls us home. Two of these examples you can find on 1 Peter 1, and the other is Hebrews 11. 13 to 16, which urges Christians to follow the example of faith shown by the saints of the Old Testament. 
I'll read Hebrews 11:13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But, but as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Friends, we might live in Babylon, Alabama right now, but thanks to Christ, one day, all of us who believe will live in New Jerusalem. We're in exile now, but soon we'll be home. Daniel shows that until our exile ends, we can be the best Babylonians. Look at verse 15 again. These young men were healthier than Babylonians with their rich diet. And as I look around now at so many of our neighbors, so many of our family and friends, they're gorging on a rich diet that's making them sick with worry. Drugs, cable news, social media, talk, radio. In one sense, I don't blame them for this fear and for this worry because they're not looking forward to New Jerusalem because Babylon is all that they have here and now. But we can't help them as believers in Christ if we're taking the same diet. You don't treat anxiety about living in Babylon with more anxiety about Babylon. Wisdom then, as it was for Daniel and his friends, is trusting God even when we don't know how everything is going to go. Because we do know that in the end, at least, we, that God has prepared for us a home in New Jerusalem. In verse 20, it's absolutely amazing. I'll read it here again. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. How amazing this would be if our neighbors could see this in us. As we live for God, as our home and our home belongs, hearts belong to Him. Daniel was abducted under experiences and circumstances that we can scarcely imagine. But look at how God blessed His enemies through this faithful servant. He could live in Babylon because his heart belonged to God, and He's an example for us then in courage and faith. But before I close, I'd be remiss because. We need more than an example. Daniel is never less than an example for us, but he is only an example. And an example cannot transform us. An example cannot equip us to live faithfully through the difficulties of Babylon. Ultimately, we need a Savior. But we have good news because as you see in Daniel, you can identify how he anticipates Jesus Christ Think about this as Jesus, the true and better Daniel. As God's son, Jesus was not dragged kicking and screaming from his home at the Father's right hand. In fact, he came to Babylon willingly. He willingly came to Babylon 
to rescue us, to endure exile so that we could go home, to become sin that, so that all who repent and believe would be righteous through his sacrifice on the cross. You can see the further parallels that as a young boy, as a young boy, Jesus wandered off to his father's house in Jerusalem. And like Daniel, even more so, he amazed the teachers with his understanding. We see in Luke 2.52 that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, the true and better Daniel. We see also that for 40 days, Jesus ate nothing. He resisted the temptation because his heart belonged to God. Luke 4, 8 says, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. In John 16, 32, Jesus predicted that all of his friends would leave him and hide in their homes. Well, at least in this case, Daniel's friends stuck with him. He's got that going for him. But friends, you don't need to be afraid in Babylon. It's your home for now. But it won't be for long, and it won't be forever. Your heavenly Father was with Daniel. He was with Jesus, and he's here with you now. So just think with me. Where is that home I mentioned to you when we started? Where is that home for you? Maybe you're like me. Your home no longer exists. It's gone. My grandfather died nearly 20 years ago. My grandmother in her 90s suffers dementia. Another family has moved in. I never learned how to make those cookies. But I have a home to look forward to. And you do too. Jesus came to rescue us in Babylon to bring us home to our Father. Home is where your heart is. And thanks to Jesus, your heart is safe with your Father. Let's pray. Uh, We thank you and praise you that you have given us a home. Help us, God, to live by faith in Babylon. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.